Hello you, Angela Scanlon here on the Graeme Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. I am here today as Graeme soaks up the last bit of summer sun. Good for him. So let me tell you what we've been up to today. Ruth Wilson is in a brand new BBC thriller, The Woman in the Wall, and is here to tell us all about it. Show chef Martha has the best flapjacks, I know, the best of everything, always. And we have a game of word up. See if you can guess today's missing word. Let's kick things off with the lovely Ruth Wilson. Morning and welcome. Good morning, good morning. She's slightly wilting. She's off <laughs> from my cohort. She's going, it's going to be raining tomorrow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we but can get through. It's in here, so it's absolutely it's fine. It's very breezy in yeah. here, let's be honest. Now... I've been saying on the show this morning, I watched the first episode because it's quite long. It's not just a 60 minute. I can't remember. I f- it felt like. Oh, well, it was two. We did the first two episodes came out, um, you know, next, one day or Sunday. Then it was yeah. on Monday. So you might have watched both. I don't know. I did may- maybe I did. Anyway, I lapped it up. I was in the bath. Not that you need to know that. But anyway, I it, it, it's billed as a gothic thriller and psychological drama, which usually I'd run a mile from. Not going to lie. I... Loved it so, so much on so many levels. Like it's one of those ones where I'm like, this is, you need to get involved in this. Set out the, what's the premise for anyone who hasn't heard about it? Because there's been a lot of noise around it. Yeah, so it's basically, um, you start with a woman who called Lorna Brady and the whole show opens with her waking up on this road surrounded by cows in a nightgown. She's got a blood spot on her gown. You're thinking, is this a nightmare? And you realise, no, 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 this is her reality. She is, she sleepwalks and she does things in her sleep. As the show goes on, you realise where that trauma comes from. It comes from kind of suppressed, well, trauma from her past. Uh, She was put into one of these mother and baby homes. Mm. She was pregnant out of wedlock and put into a home when she was 16. Her child was taken away from her and she has never seen her child since, doesn't know what's happened to it, Um, has a memory, a sort of 20 second memory of her baby just after it's been born. But that is the only thing she can really hold on to. Um, and she's a bit of an outsider. She's an oddball. A woman, she finds, she gets a note saying, I know what's happened to your child. So the whole show starts with a sort of mystery as to she's gone on a mission finding out what's happened to her child. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about the dead woman in the wall. But anyway, you will... Don't worry. <laughs> something else. Just watch <laughs> it and you'll see. pretty quickly. Yeah. But it is... Um, it, it, you know, you see that initial scene, and there's kind of an air of—I mean, I guess it's uh, recent in our minds. Banshees of Inisherin, like it's very beautiful and very rustic. It's it's shot in Ireland, so obviously I'm a bit biased, but it's it's feels very cinematic, right? Then cut to the house, which is like quirky oddball house with locks on all of the doors, and you kind of only realise later, and you've referenced it, so I'm not giving anything away, that the locks there's a kind of insinuation that the locks are to keep somebody else in, but it's actually to keep her in because she wakes up in these in in this state well it doesn't really wake up but like does things that she shouldn't be doing when she's asleep so it's yeah it it feels like it's it's quite hard to get your head around but oddly because the subject matter is so dark, there are, it, are kind of bursts of comedy mm-hmm. that I wasn't expecting, both in the way it was shot, but also in the mm-hmm. in the dialogue and just the handling of it. So there's a kind of lightness of touch for something that's so bleak, really. Yeah. I mean, I think was, we felt it was really important that you have to have comedy in this and light mm-hmm. moments. And I think some people watching it at first were like, I don't think this is supposed to be funny. <laughs> like, no, yeah. but it is, it is, it is. You can laugh in moments and that's the intention because... You know, it is inter- it's incredibly tough material, it's sensitive material, it's mm-hmm. emotional material, but we wanted to also, you know, bring lightness to it. And I think 
there's I felt like with the character of Lorna is that she's someone that was these women weren't just put away. I mean, there's a distinction between mother and baby homes and the Magdalene laundries. laundries yeah. And um, obviously she was pregnant, so she went to mother and baby home. But women were put in these places, not just for that, they were put in because they stood out in some way. They were too pretty or they were a bit cheeky or whatever it was. They were considered fallen women. Spirited Spirited. Kind of women. So I sort of think, actually, Lorna, I wanted to imbue her with a spirit mm. and a humour and um, a sort of quirk that yeah. was a sort of like almost reminiscing as the person that she used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is, it's infused throughout the whole script and it's essential actually to help the audience also enjoy the watching of it as well, yeah. as well as kind of feeling the intensity of it. And I think that's exactly it. So obviously, having come from Ireland, I'm acutely aware of of this is very much part of our history. But I think there's a lot of people here that would think, God, what, what are you talking about? And there's a line in it that even for me, who knows so well how, um, how recent, I suppose, it was. It's like um, the last laundry closed in 1996. Macarena, the Macarena was in the charts and I, it kind of stopped me in my tracks because on the one hand, yes, it's it's very alive and the, you know, the fallout is still very much something that's being dealt with. But that just felt like, wow, that feels way too modern, I suppose. Yeah, well, even when I read the script, I thought, oh, this is like a 1950s script. Mm. It feels, or even an 1850s script. It felt like a like a gothic horror from yeah. a different era. And yet, no, 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 this is now. This is like, or it's contemporary. It's sort of, oh, it's my history, very, you know, my history. Um, and you sort of think, wow, that's extraordinary. This was happening to those women uh, in the late 90s. It was still happening. And so those survivors are still out there now mm-hmm. and it's very recent experience and, you know, for everyone involved yeah. and the community involved too. So, yeah, it feels like a long time ago, but no, this stuff was happening just around the corner. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think the comedy, because again, it's like that's actually, sometimes it's too hard to to immerse yourself in, in that world. Um, and the comedy for me certainly, you know, lifted it. I was like, oh, I'm here. It didn't feel like a documentary that was just too brutal. Because, I mean, it do- if you're unaware of the history, it may be quite easy to suspend, you know, belief and, and kind of imagine, oh, this could be fictional. Yeah, and there's also a, th- you know, there's a crime thriller thread to it as well. So there's a sort of plot that drives it through. Yeah. Um, and as the plot goes on, you'll see it reveals more and more of the history of this scandal, to be honest. So it's, um, that is, it's entertaining to some extent, but it was also based on the real truth of what happened mm-hmm. and uh, what is still to be discovered, actually, and what is still being looked into. Unearthed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Lorna sleepwalking, there's a kind of sense that, you know, she's a victim, but there's that doesn't really, she, you don't portray her in that way. And there's a kind of physicality to this character yeah. that is quite unusual, I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, look, she's been a, she's a victim of a, of a situation that happened to her and was forced, she was forced into something. And forevermore, it's psychologically damaged her life. Yeah. But... I wanted to make sure that she was strong. She's physically really strong. She's someone that wouldn't trust any humans ever again, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So has decided to trust only herself. Um, She locks herself in space. She knows she's dangerous at night, you know, when she sleeps or can be. And that's her subconscious coming out. You know, she does things to statues, to Virgin Marys. You know, she's got, she's full of rage. Rage. And the strength of that rage and feminine rage, uh, I think actually the whole show is kind of infused with. But like I said, I also wanted to make her quirky, funny, like that she has a humour, a sense of, she sees the world through different eyes. Um, And she has a strength in being an outsider. There's a sort of, 
um, what's lot you know what have you got lost left to lose in a way mm. when you when everyone thinks you're odd anyway so you might as well act odd and yet as you see the show goes on she's kind of free because of that yeah well as the show goes on she becomes more free I think because mm. tonight is the episode where it's a it's a sort of turning point for Lorna um, you know she gets some information at the end of episode three which we've seen last week which was that her child is a death certificate and she finds mm. that her child did die. So she has clarity over something and for the first time in her life she has clarity. Mm -hmm. But she goes on a mission now to find where her child is buried and as she does that she unravels a whole huge big scandal linked with a mother and baby home. So she actually becomes stronger and has a stronger purpose from this episode on to the end of the series. Amazing. Was it as an actor I imagine you know, a gift to be able to embody that kind of enraged woman. We don't actually see it often enough. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the what appealed to me with the part was that, one, this material I thought was really brilliantly adapted in a way that was going to be dealing with psychological horror and through a crime caper, yeah. which at the heart of this real story, it is a crime mm-hmm. at the heart of it, and it is psychologically horrifying for all those women that yeah. went through that. So that's a really smart way, I thought, but the character really appealed to me. And the character who is, yes, has some, had something horrific happen to her, but is uh, as a survivor, mm-hmm. and she's going to fight with every... I mean, she doesn't... At the beginning of the show, you think that she's keeps herself to herself she kind of doesn't want to engage but as the show goes on you see her growing in strength Mm -hmm. and growing in determination to fight for the truth to be out there and even as you mentioned her her subconscious there's a moment in that first episode where you see the light so it is when she's asleep she's more alive than she is when she's awake in a way and you know it's it's so exciting I mean to see you and then like Almost like you've gone from this kind of little shell into this slightly demonic but wonderfully. You know where I found that? I was um, I was looking up. I thought, oh, you know, typical sort of sleepwalking scene would be me, sort of very zombie-like, slow. I thought, actually, what? I'll, I'll look up some sleepwalking videos. And there's a woman online who does YouTube videos. She records herself sleepwalking. Okay. And I, it's sort of hilarious um, because. She ends up sort of walking like a a baby. She's out of control a little bit of the way she moves. Right. And she's talking to herself. She's talking to plants. She's shoving, like, cans of tomato, whatever it is, (laughs) like, chopped tomatoes down her pants. Like, she's doing what... She's acting out her dream, but in physical space. And I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. I thought, okay, I've got to find a physicality in a walk. That's, I can lean that way. Mm. And, and because the show is... gear shift, you're like, oh, yeah, we're on. <laughs> it's party time. <laughs> just, just incredible to watch this switch in, in you. Because that's quite demanding, I imagine, as well. It's fun. But like to also exec produce this show, is, is that... Is it hard? Um... I had, no, it's like it's. I love doing being part of the show from its like inception. It mm-hmm. does excite me because it's also you're seeing something grow. You're you're part of it throughout the whole process. As an actor, you just come on, do your lines, and yeah. go away again. But as an exec, you get to sort of really talk to all the creatives involved, and be part of those discussions, those those decisions. And I felt early on, you know, um, Joe had sent me just the pilot so it's one script, and they wanted me to come on to sort of help get it greenlit. Um, and I came on as exec and I actually it was quite a predominantly male creative team that was involved at that stage. Mm-hmm. So I thought actually it'd be really 
it needs a female voice in there as well. And I helped bring on, we all wanted female directors. So we had Harry Woodliffe who directed and Rachna Suri. Um, and you can see it's a very feminine lens that we're shooting this show through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that for me was really vital that we are kind of telling it and we're addressing the female rage, the female experience um, within this. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful and it's really cinematic, stunning. Yeah. It's also intimately shot, so you are close up to Lorna's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels like you are inside the mind of this woman, which is scary because you're like, wow, she's um, she's she's not all, you know, she's mentally sort of um, challenged in some ways, yeah. but you're there with her. Well, you're and not really that's... sure whether this is a memory or reality exactly. or imagination. And know? I think in a way for her... You know, as we were saying, if you that experience happens to you, you've been silenced your whole life. So those experiences have been denied. The the value of your voice has been denied. Mm-hmm. You can't even really remember. You've given birth to a child, but yet you haven't mothered. I mean, I can't imagine how that must make you feel and how it must re- make you feel like such a loss of identity and reality. Mm-hmm. So really the way it was shot and the way it was written was all about creating, trying to get inside that experience. Mm. So yeah, but like you say, it's got loads of fun. It also I mean, it really is. It's driven. one of the best things I've watched yeah. in a very Great long time. Great music as well. I mean, David Holmes did the music and he's extraordinary yeah. and he just makes, he watches one episode, I think, you know, maybe just watched, he read one script and he wrote the whole score from one script. Mm. Well, there's music there that reminds me of childhood, like country, country mm. music. That's kind of, it feels very Irish. It's obviously not, but it's um there's a kind of melancholy but like a wink to it it's fair it's yeah brilliantly no, we've on got the some nose. great irish yeah. tracks in there too so yeah, yeah it's it's kind of creating that world and um you know, of course, Coleman, you know, he represents sort of a man coming from Dublin, an mm. outsider coming to Played the Played by Daryl McCormick. Who's brilliant. And yeah. his story starts unravelling more as yes. the show goes on. You realise, I mean, you know from the first episode that he was in, he was a child from one of these mother and baby homes. So you know that he was adopted out from one of these places. So his story and Lorna's intersect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that starts to happen from episode four onwards, really. Brilliant Irish cast. Also, great accent. Ah. Not easy. No. And I picked, actually, I used a few people. Cora Staunton. I don't yes, know if you know Cora yeah. Staunton. She's a GA player um, out in Mayo. I went, I wanted sort of Mayo sounds and, mm-hmm. and authentic Mayo. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I used her voice a lot. And I used, there was a, actually a woman on set called Christina, who also comes from there. So I used the combination of her, those two voices. Yeah. So it's quite, it's very unique. Um, but I was like, this feels authentic to mm-hmm. that character. Well, well done. It is genuinely one of the best things I've watched in a very long time. Oh. So I hope everybody else will watch it. It is on episode four tonight, BBC One at nine o'clock. And all of the episodes up until now are available on BBC iPlayer. Thank you so, so much for coming in Thanks to me. for having me. All right, lovely. Bye-bye. Bye. Still to come, we'll have another round of Word Up. But first... Martha, Martha, hello and welcome. Oh, hello. So I love that Sunday is pudding day. Yes. I don't know if it's intentional, but I'm here for it. It's always intentional. It's Good. baking. It's either baking or pudding because mm. everyone needs a little bit of something sweet. A little bump on a exactly. Sunday. So we've got flapjacks, which <gasps> feels... Like a healthy kind of thing. I love that flapjacks have a healthy reputation <laughs> because I don't think I've ever had a healthy flapjack in my life. But there's oats in it. Presumably there's that's lots good. Of oats. Yeah. I, I reckon they're very good for like, you know, the digestion. Okay. I'm not sure on the uh, vitamin mineral. Fine. <laughs> the vitamin mineral count. Literally swimming in hardened butter. But they are the best. 
They're honestly, so and that's not just me saying that because these are technically the best flapjacks. Always. It's a recipe. It's in this week's Waitrose Weekend in the big middle spread, which I love to see. Nice. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of flapjack research, which was a very good week in my house. I bet it was. Because <laughs> I love a flapjack and I actually, it's a bit embarrassing because as a chef, people expect your like signature dish to be something, you know... Chefy, mm. flashy. Oh, I've made a you know, gato Saint Honoré. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's whatever what I that is, sounds delicious. <laughs> but it's actually, do you know what? The thing that's the easiest and that I make the most is flapjacks because it takes literally five minutes of your time, and they bake for twelve minutes, and then. They're ready. So if you're legging it out the door and you think, oh, I'm going to visit somebody, I should really bring them something. Exactly. That's the one. Or someone's texted being like, oh, I might pop over this afternoon. You're like, oh, okay. that. I want to make my house smell lovely yeah. and like bakes and like I've been thoughtful, but not that thoughtful because <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. been quick. 15 minutes of thought. Just so, It's just a nice level. Then people feel thought of, but they don't feel embarrassed. Like, oh, you went to so much trouble for me. They just think, oh, that was nice. Yeah. A nice little, little nibble on a flapjack. Delicious. Won't say no. Now tell me where we stand on fruit or no fruit. I I'm, like a chew. I'm just going to put it out oh, there straight off. Fruit. I've not put any fruit in these ones. Age. They're just a basic recipe. I thought they were the best. <laughs> no, they were the, the best. They've just got sugar and butter. It's so all you need. Uh, I to have be fair. put a few little variations in the in the, the comments inside. Mm. So lemony ones, I love to do oh. a bit of lemon zest through there and a drizzle of maybe white chocolate on the top. Oh. Also, sometimes do like nutty ones. So like chop up any leftover nuts, like cashews. <laughs> Or like a roasted hazelnut. <laughs> a roasted hazelnut, exactly. I'm obsessed. I got a big bag of them and I need to get rid of them quick. Well, make some flapjacks, put them in. Flapjacks are a great canvas recipe. Like you genuinely can chuck in fruit and that's what I yeah. guess makes them a bit more healthy. You, mm-hmm. can, you can fill them up with raisins and apricots and all sorts twigs. of things. They, yeah. they really cope well with additions. So you yeah. Can and them. also you can, if you're doing like a baking thing with kids, you can kind of pimp them up, can't you, with colourful... Sweets. Exactly. Smarties and the like. Oh, Smarties. Yeah, fun. Or sprinkles. Mm, Lovely. You can put them all in. Now, you said they don't take very long and they're really easy. Is that if you're an actual trained chef in a white coat or for general lay people? No, this is a general. I think flapjacks as a concept were created for ease okay <laughs> they don't baking need... for dummies is they what li- we're doing literally they're not they're so simple i'm actually amazed that they let me make them on this show because okay. they're so simple that i've literally flung them together and <laughs> they're so basic but actually i think sometimes it's nice to do a basic recipe especially when it's like back to school making stuff for lunch boxes we don't have time to be doing bougie bakes all the time <laughs> exactly. i'm absolutely here for a basic recipe <laughs> Martha, 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 there is nothing basic about them. Mm. Oh, you're too kind. Well, they're like gooey and melty and salty. Mm, yes, that's my little little twist, just to bring them up to date, as we all have a bit of sweet and salty. Oh my. Flapjacks already have the basics for that, because mm-hmm. you normally would use salted butter anyway, so you're getting that buttery, salty, fatty, sugary. Mm. Mm. But a little flaked sea salt across the top, just to make you feel... I had to, I had to chef it up a little bit. It's proper chefed up. <laughs> And it is, um, I would say, softer than usual. Mm. Like, I think of, of flapjacks as being drier. Yeah. And, like, stuck together. Whereas this is a little crumbly. It's, yeah, it's a little bit... I love a flapjack that's, like, squidgy. There's so much butter that it hasn't, 
you know, <laughs> managed to set. So I'm still a bit melty. I love them to be squidgy. Some people love a crunchy flapjack and you can use exactly the same recipe, just bake them a bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I bake mine for exactly 13 minutes <laughs> to achieve my perfect squidgy, squidgy middle and crispy outside edge. But if you like them to be crispy all the way through or you're taking them on like, I don't know, a walk or something and you don't want them just to disintegrate in your <laughs> in your bag, yeah, um, bake them a little bit longer. But flapjacks get a bad rep. You know when you get them on like an aeroplane or on a train and they're like this like big wedge dry stick of dry of cardboard. Like, and you're like, Ugh, and you yeah. feel like you're trying to be healthy, but it's not healthy and it's just like a mess. Yeah, Homemade flapjacks are just so divine. Just all those flavours. And hold really well, right? Mm. Mm. They should do. And they shouldn't be, they don't have any flour in them. Yeah. So they shouldn't be claggy and kind of make your mouth stick together. They mm-hmm. should just melt away. You need a cup of tea. That's what you need. I should have bought you a do cup of tea. You, I'm I sorry. Know, I you're really you letting me down. Uh, <laughs> so how do we do it? So we're preheating our oven to 200 mm-hmm. degrees and then line a, I use a brownie tin, so it's like 20 by 30. Some people use a baking tray, which is a bit bigger. And if you want them really thin and crispy, you can go for that. But I like mine to have a little bit of, of bite to them. Oh, yeah. you want Make a them bite. a bit thick. Then we are taking a big saucepan, putting in our butter, demerara sugar. This is a, oh. the brown sugar that's a bit chunky, which is really important because it melts at the right rate in the oven to dissolve enough but still leave that caramelly flavour. Ah, because it does taste like salted caramel. Mm, yes. So that's the specific type of sugar yeah, you've so used. Yeah, so you want demerara sugar mm. and then golden syrup. That bubbles away until it's just melted, but it doesn't need to be, the sugar doesn't need to be dissolved or anything like that. So it's literally... A three, four minute job, melt it all together, take it off the heat. And then I've used two kinds of oats in my flapjacks to get the very best kind of consistency. So we've got our regular rolled oats, that's majority, so about 250 grams of those. And then we are taking some of the Waitrose Dutchy organic jumbo oats. I love a jumbo oat. So these are proper oats. These are whole oats. They haven't been chew. processed, so they have a bit more chew. They look really nice on the top of it as well. And they just mean your flapjack has a bit more of an interesting texture. You can use all of the rolled oat if you want. Don't try and use all of the posh oat because they won't hold together enough. Because they're two chunks. Because they're too chunky. Fine. <laughs> so you take that, you literally add in your oats, stir it all through until they're nice and coated, tip it into your tray, spread it with a spatula into the oven, bake I bake for 13 minutes, but you trial and error your own oven to make yeah. sure that you get them how you want. So start with like a 10 minute. Yeah, start with 10 up. minutes and take a little peek. The thing that you're looking for is that the whole tray will be bubbling. So they'll be, it'll be bubbling all over. But when you give it a wobble, you'll be like, oh no, that's not cooked. But if you want them to set into this kind of like caramelly soft texture, okay. you get them out of the oven at that point. While they're still bubbling and hot. And they'll be bubbly and they'll be, obviously use your oven gloves, use your common sense, put it Safety on the side <laughs> and then let it cool completely and it will set and harden and it will harden to like a, the caramel that traps all the oats and then so they'll be lovely and squishy. If you leave them until they look like flapjacks, they will be like a rock hard. <laughs> oh, that's been my mistake all <laughs> so, along. Wobbly, wobbly, you'll think those are never going to set. Your family will be raising the eyebrows at you. Really? They don't look cooked. Hang on, lads. But trust the process. Get them out. Put them on the side. Cover them with a little little flake of mm. sea salt and then leave them to cool down. About 10 minutes later, you can score them with a knife so you okay. can get your bars ready. And then once they're completely cool, slice them up, put Surf them in a tin. Them. And everyone's happy. Amazing. Now, if we're talking about substitutes, it's a Sunday. You're listening to this. You're thinking, do you know what? I don't have golden syrup. What even is golden syrup? I have maple syrup or maple syrup, mm. as my daughter calls it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to correct her. Um, can we use 
Oh, there are th- your face says no. Well, I'm just, I'm considering. <laughs> I'm considering. I have made flapjacks with honey before because that's okay. got a very similar texture to golden syrup. They work. They're not quite, it doesn't set in quite the same way. I think when it's heated, the texture changes. So golden syrup is the ideal it's here. It's the best. Okay. Honey would be the best backup. I think maple syrup's probably a little bit too runny. Fine. It would probably still work. But, but you know, it it's an expensive thing to use if it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be advocating for that. <laughs> Okay, fabulous. Love them so much. Anything else we missed? I think that's all. The measurements are a little bit precise because when I was doing my tests, not too precise, but just like 210 grams of butter, 190 grams of sugar. And people are like, that's pretty precise. (laughs) And I would say stick to it. Stick to it. Just get your electric scales out. It's worth it. It's worth the extra, like, you know, taking a spoonful out here and there. Okay, fine. And you did four trays of these to make sure. Oh, I made I made plenty of flapjacks. Yep, at least four. Okay. But I had have been making flapjacks for a very long time, so it's just little tweaks, little tweaks. On so recipes. if you want to be creative and expressive, do it with the toppings or the things you add mm. in, but leave the base recipe as is. Leave it, leave it be. It is the best. We've been told. <laughs> um, okay, thank you so much, Martha. As always, waitrose.com forward slash show chef is where you'll find all of those recipes, including the flapjacks and the beanie one that I'm still thinking about mm. from yesterday. Um, and all of them are up on socials as well, Virgin Radio UK. Thank you so much, Martha. You Have a lovely so week. You're so welcome. Been a pleasure to cook for you. Thank you. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word up, word up. Yes, you guessed it. It is word up. We're back. Our competition where you get the chance to win a Graham Norton with a Waitrose gift box. I've been rifling through it this morning. There's a reusable drinks cup. I hope it's still there when you get it. Waitrose Brut Champagne, number one salted caramel truffles. Oh, yes. And number one aged balsamic vinegar of Medina, no less. We have got somebody on the phone, hopeful that they'll be bagging a bottle of Medina balsamic vinegar today. Natalie, hello. Hello. How are you sound cheery today? I am cheery, just talking to you. Oh, well, that's fabulous. Where are you, Natalie? I'm in Staffordshire. Okay, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Who are you with? Uh, I'm, I'm just coming shopping, actually. I'm going to meet my husband to do a little bit of shopping in a minute. Look, I love a Sunday shop. Yes, me too. Yeah, good. And what's the plan for dinner? I'm starving, so uh, I just well, want to talk about food. I, I don't know, to be honest. Oh. I think we'll probably grab something while we're walking around and uh, you can probably pay. Okay, fine. And tell me this, how are you feeling about this this heat, the final little wave of heat? I have really enjoyed it, but I'm not going to lie, I'm glad that it's going to go because I just haven't been able to sleep. Okay, it's the sleep that's killing everybody, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and the thing Definitely. is, after last year, there was so much chat about installing aircon units and getting used to this new weather situation. And then this summer, you know, we've just been using our brollies. That's it. Nobody did. Nobody did. How do we feel about autumn incoming? I like a layer or five. Yes, definitely. And some nice lattes and going to sit and having a read by the fire. Lovely. Love it. Oh, but a read by what? By the fire. Oh, definitely. a read. But oh, do you have a real fire, Natalie? No, but no. I, you know, I, there's, there's a nice little pub by me that's got a real fire, so I have a little wander down sometimes and take a book and, and go down there with the dog. I mean, you reading a book by the fire in the pub sounds like the notebook or no holiday, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that visual. <laughs> yeah, gorgeous. Um, okay, are you a fan of the coral? Let's get it out of the way. 
I am a fan. I don't okay. know lots of songs, so I'm really hoping it's maybe one of the four that I know. Okay, one of four. <laughs> it probably is, let's be honest. <laughs> Shall we play the clip? Yes, please. Okay, ears pricked. We're going to give you one more chance. Since we didn't give you a pre, let's go. Do I need to sing it or do I need to say it now? Oh, absolutely you need to sing it. You're not getting those truffles if you don't sing it, Natalie. Oh, okay. I can sing it. I'm in my lonely room when I'm dreaming of you. Oh, what can I do? I'm in my lonely room when I'm dreaming of you. I noticed the clip was played in really quickly as if to stop us from our glorious harmony there. Natalie, you won! Yay, thank you. Well done. It was one of the four. Luck is on your side. We're going to... Delighted for you. Listen, enjoy your days shopping. Enjoy the autumn coming in, closing in upon you and enjoy all those goodies by the fire somewhere. I mean, I don't know if I'd advise bringing your champagne into the pub. Personally, I think most publicans don't welcome that sort of behaviour, but you might get away with it. not a champagne sort of pub either, so probably won't. Perfect. Listen, good luck to you. Have a gorgeous day. Well done. Thank you so much. Thanks, lovely. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Graeme Norton is back from a summer holiday, so tune in from 9.30 Saturday and Sunday. Follow us, as usual, on all socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. Angela Scanlon on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.